J.D. Talking Sports to the Super Bowl Sunday, February 4th, 2018. Now, I know I cut off Isaac sometimes quite quickly. I haven't been doing a podcast. I had all this material I was going to do today, a couple days ago, and I have no excuse except I'm working a lot. And I get home and I really want to do a good podcast and I don't want to do one where I'm rushing and I'm feeling exhausted and all that stuff. And I was doing one last night, but man... I had a long friggin' day, and all I hear is excuses from J.D., and J.D. does not like excuses. But I wanted to marinate on this. I wanted to think about my Super Bowl prediction. I definitely would, would vote, would, would take my pick always against the Patriots, always. Because I'm tired of them, you know? Now, I've watched Tom versus Tom. I've watched four parts. I tried to watch part five this morning. I find it interesting. I saw a very, I listened to a very good podcast yesterday, Peter King. I, I listened to Mad Dog Sports. And he had Dan Shaughnessy, who was more of a baseball writer. But he said right now that the Red Sox have been overtaken by the Patriots in Boston, as have the Celtics. And it's interesting how, you know, baseball used to be king. And now that they're used to succeeding, that the Patriots have made every other team even making the playoffs isn't good enough. And the Sox have made the playoffs two years in a row. And it means nothing because it's about winning. And when you have five championships, that'll do a lot. They win today, that'll be six. It'll tie them with the Steelers for all-time Super Bowl wins. And you're talking, they have a chance to tie that with one coach and one quarterback. They're in their eighth Super Bowl today. And I want to bet against them. Not that I'm betting, that I want to pick against them. But Dan Shaughnessy brought up some interesting points, and I know everybody talks about this, that teams have had the formula to beat them. Jacksonville was up. Jacksonville, they had a turnover. You know, everybody says the Miles Jack, you know, they called it too soon, whatever. They got a they had a turnover that meant nothing. They get a turnover with ten minutes left in Europe, ten you think the game's over, but no. They get the ball right back and it's over. You're up twenty eight three in the Super Bowl last year, and you do not finish the deal against them. It's almost like teams go against what works for them. Jacksonville kept running the ball on first down, it wasn't working. You have to find you have to be able to not screw up. And that's what every team screws up. And Sean says, I'm not going to bet against them because it doesn't matter. Philadelphia will go up and then they'll go against what works for them and they'll find a way to lose. Because everybody, he said this is not the most talented Patriots team. I tend to agree. I mean, you still have Brady, but you going against the top rushing defense in the NFL, you've got a defense that can get to the quarterback in the Eagles. You have a guy, Chris Long, that played with... With the Patriots last year, not that, I mean, I don't know if that means a lot, but experience means something. And as I stated before, there are only seven players who have Super Bowl experience with the Eagles. And two of them, LeGarrette Blunt and Chris Long, played last year for the Patriots. You have a quarterback, be only the second quarterback ever, Jeff Hostetler, to win a Super Bowl. I mean, there have been backup quarterbacks that have gone on and played the Super Bowl. But, I, you know, I can't I, I'm taking the Pats 28-24. I think it's going to be a good game. Will it be a great game? I don't know. Can the Eagles win? Yeah, they sure. They sure as hell can. But I feel that they will find a way to make a mistake. And that's what they said. Doug Peterson, if he gets too cute. Listen, maybe it would have been better if Nick Foles played the game of his life this week instead of in the in, in NFC Championship game. But who knows? And also... Last time the Vikings were blown out in a championship game, remember the Giants, they got blown out. 
was that Super Bowl 35 against the Ravens? And I don't know. I guess we're going to see. That's why we play these games. I have to take the Puppy Bowl for my mother. She's very excited about that. And something very interesting I read today. You know, we all talked about the trade of Alex Smith for Kirk Cousins. Well, they're talking about this from Adam Schefter. They're thinking about applying the franchise tag to Cousins with the idea of trading him and getting something returned for the 29-year-old per Adam Schefter. Okay, now, it would keep him from becoming a true unrestricted free agent, which, okay. Now, this is the thing. If he does sign it, it would be worth about $34.5 million or 120% of his 200, 2017 salary. If he doesn't get the team or the terms he wants, Cousins could delay things for months, significantly affecting Washington's salary cap. By rule, a team that signs a franchise tag player must give up two first-round draft picks, though that can be negotiated in 2009. The Patriots tagged Matt Castle and sent both Castle and linebacker Mike Vrabel to the Chiefs for a second-round pick, signing Castle to a new contract. After they let him go, they would receive, likely receive a third-round uh, compensatory pick in 2019. The franchise player's designation opens on February 20th. Yeah. It's a gamble, though, because a player actually could wield some power. No trade could be executed until Cousins signs the franchise tag, and he could dictate which teams he'd want to play for, perhaps for the Broncos or even the length of the contract he'd be willing to sign. I'll tell you, man, Washington is just... I don't, what, did, what did Kirk Cousins do to them? Did he really piss them off that much? <laughs> And I watched a great NFL films piece today. And there, it was uh, the first Cowboys Super Bowl team. That, that was the second part, but it stays with me. Because Troy Aikman said, in the speech he did to the, what was the 25th anniversary of the 92 team, which was 2017. And he's basically, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, how many people have been the best at anything in their, in their entire lives? And he's talking about doctor, whatever, you know, father... And he goes, they were the best. He goes, you are the best right now. The best. And it's, you know, 25 years later, it stayed with them. I mean, that's what he said. You know, you are the best. And I remember what Parcells, I watched the two Bills and Bill Parcells, I remember that, but he says, you know, they can never take, you're the best in the world. Nobody can take that away from the 86 team. And the Bill and Bill was very interesting. He did do a dig about the Tyree thing. He said, uh, you know, that Tyree catch, which I watched a timeline piece on. And David Tyree lives in the town over from me in freaking Budin. And to this day, people still talk about him. And that catch, during the Super Bowl preparation, he had dropped six or seven passes in the last uh, Super Bowl practice. He ended up catching a touchdown pass. And on the catch, it, you know, you know, they, I mean, Brady in Tom vs. Time talks about that. But the, and I'm blanking the guy in NBC, the DB who was on the play, for he blamed himself for it. He said, "That's what I my thing was to rip the ball away." And you know the guy who's on with with the former cult with Dungey, and I'm I'm blanking. I see his face, and he'll be on today. Oh, that's gonna bother me. And I see his face, and my phone's going crazy. Of course it is. And he blamed himself. He blamed himself. He blamed himself. Ford. 
for months. And then he said it was God's will. On the catch. No. Tony Dungy, Pat's uh, NBC, NBC, Tony Dungy. Football in America, yeah. I, you know what? It drives me crazy when I can't remember people's names. Rodney Harrison. Rodney Harrison, he blamed himself because he said, he remembered the play, he said, what's this guy doing in the middle? He said, we didn't even prepare for this guy. He was like fifth, sixth on the depth chart. And he goes and he has this monster game. But he said he caught the ball. And actually, Carry, the referee, said during that play, he was going to call, he was going to call in the grass. But he got away at the last second. And there was one part where during the play, Eli said, I was going to shuffle the ball to Chris Snee, which would have been a disaster. But he didn't see Roddy Harrison. You just saw David Tyree. And Tyree was like, you know, they, you know, could he do it again? He said, no, you know. But he wasn't going to let the ball drop. And when Eli came up to him, he goes, hey, did you make the catch? He goes, you can't lie to me. You have to be a Christian. And I always thought David Tyree was a very religious guy since then. But he says he's more, I guess he became in tune with God, he said. But he's not more, He's. it sounded like a more spiritual thing. And his mom died before the Super Bowl run, who he's very close with. He talked about how he watched Wimbledon, World Series with her. If you get to watch the timeline, it's it's a pretty pretty amazing piece. And then Pat's fans said, oh, there was holding. And um, what did... Uh, Chris Snee or one of the linemen was like, uh, oh, Sean Graham was like, uh, no, I just had him by, you know, I was, I was just uh, like massaging his neck <laughs> or he said to Richard Seymour. And and even Eli and David Terry said, you know, uh, no, there was no holding. Or, you know, our line didn't, you know, they didn't stop him all game, basically. They were ripping on him. And that made him. Strahan thanked David Tyree in his freaking, in his Hall of Fame speech, which was nice. And he says, hey, it was, you, you know, that Super Bowl really helped open up a lot of doors for him. I mean, you know, hey, they're all still buds. And Tyree got in trouble, was binge drinking and smoking pot all through high school, through college, got busted with weed in, in the pros, could have been dropped, and Coughlin kept him, and, you know, the rest is history. So I highly recommend that. And then I watched an NFL Films piece. Sage Steele has a brother, Chad Steele, who is head of PR, works in the P- head of PR for the Ravens, and he is the guy at the Super Bowl, and he's been lucky to be with the starting quarterback, but he was with Manning when he won, and he was with, last year, he was with Tom Brady. But when he was with Manning, uh, Joe Flacco said, was he in the office yet? And he put all the pictures with Manning all over his freaking door. He thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Like, I mean, I remember in high school, there was a kid named Jared, and this kid in our high school was this dipshit, was driving his car, and he's being a wise ass, and he hit a kid jogging. And Jared put all over his freaking locker all the TV, the newspaper. I mean, this is, that was sick, but I mean, the same thing. I mean, all over his locker. I mean, I was like, you know, he thought he was being a wise ass, and he hit a kid uh, jogging. Kid got hurt. I don't know what happened with him if he got it. Yeah, he got like a warning, but still, dipshit. Stupid things kids do, right? I mean, that was really stupid. But back to Chad Steele. So he's the guy who is at the Super Bowl, and he happens to be been with the winning quarterbacks. He's with Russell Wilson. He's with Manning, and he helps him get around to all the interviews and everything. But that isn't the interesting thing. His dad, who they call the Colonel, was the first African-American to play on the football team, 66, 
He ended up playing three years. He had the winning catch when they beat Cal, who was top-ranked, who was highly ranked in his third year, got drafted in the 17th round by the Lions, became a colonel. That's all they all call him, the colonel. And he was now fighting. He had prostate cancer that turned into multiple myeloma, and he's a scar. But he was at the uh, Army-Navy game. And I didn't know this. I mean, who, how would I know? And it was an awesome piece. And, you know, and he married, he married a white woman, a Caucasian woman. And when she told, she said, we're both naive. He said, she said, when we got married, she told her parents she was going to marry and her parents disowned, disowned her, stopped talking to her. And this is, this is where it gets interesting. The husband, every month, wrote a handwritten letter to the family just to tell them that, hey, I'm, I am taking care of your, your daughter and family. And every year, and six years later, her father, they, they get together, and he goes, you know, I cannot change the last six years, and I have to make up for, and I, will, I can never, you know, I can't make up for that time. But I'm from today, day one, right now, we're going to start things. And they called, uh, you know, they said, he, he may be the colonel, but she's the sergeant. The love between these two freaking people. I'm not saying freaking, but I'm just, he's fucking, he's beautiful. This husband and wife in a time in the 60s got married, uh, inter, interracial couple, and the love and the support that they have for each other. They have these three wonderful kids. It's a beautiful piece. I tweeted something to Sage Still. She probably won't respond. She doesn't know me from Adam, but it re- resonated with me. And I thought it was beautiful, a beautiful thing to see. And we should all aspire for that in life to be, to find that one person that we can be with that has our back, supports us, and anything is possible. That's, that's what I want to say. And yeah, highly recommend it. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful piece. The Bill versus Bill, very interesting. It, when you call them frenemies, I, I would call them two guys. I mean, the whole thing that went down between the two of them. Actually, you know, you remember the whole thing that went down where Belichick was president, was uh, going to be coach, basically was coach and waiting. They actually, when they fired Tim Carroll, they sent a fax over uh, to the Jets offices to have an interview with with Belichick and Scott. And I, I'm gonna the guy who became the became a general manager now he's with the Falcons. It's not Poli Pioleo. Now he's married to Bill Parcell's daughter, which is very interesting. And he found it, and Parcells resigned right away because he wanted to get Belichick in the job. Well, Belichick realized, hey, you know what? This isn't what I want to do, and maybe he didn't want to follow a legend. He wanted to make his own path, but he turned it down, and they had a whole, like, rigmarole, and they wanted draft picks, and I think they ended up getting draft picks. But Robert Kraft, who had Parcells as his head coach with the Patriots— you know, it's it's interesting. I'd just be rehashing things, but I, I found it. I, it's almost like you don't remember stuff. But what a, what a, what an interesting history. And they say, you know, people say, oh, you know, Bill didn't win without uh, Parcells didn't win without, win without Belichick. And then they say, well, maybe well Belichick could he ever win? You know, he, he couldn't win without his. It's ridiculous. They both were legends in their own right. And also, Parcells took two different teams to. Super Bowls could have taken a third if the Jets 
which were up on the Broncos in Denver and imploded in the second half. Could have taken three different teams to a Super Bowl. That's pretty freaking impressive, right? I highly recommend that. I still am waiting for part five of the Tom versus Tom. I was going to watch it before. I have to clean up. We have people coming over. Actually, my parents and friends are coming. Nobody's really coming over. I got to work tomorrow morning. I just really want to watch the game at home and be able to go to bed. Knicks are up by three in the fourth quarter. Nets are getting blown out by 11. They're actually down by 23. UConn women, I love watching UConn women. Well, they're on right now. I want to watch some of that game. Oh, they're only up by 24 in the second quarter. I love saying that. I love women's basketball in the second quarter. I think that's cool. OBJ wants a long-term contract. Of course he does. He goes, it's, it's that time just to get it over with. I really want to do it so I can move past it. It's not... Much sitting around thinking, where am I going to go? Where am I going to be at? I need to, need to know where I can start buying furniture for a house. I want to have a place set where I know, okay, this is home. I can always go back to home. He says, so it's just an immediate process right now. I'm sure it'll get worked out. We'll see. Hey, 313 catches, over 4,400 yards, 38 touchdowns, first four seasons, 47 games. 38 touchdowns, 47 games. He fractured his ankle and played four games last year. He'll, if he doesn't, you know... He's going to get an $8.5 million fifth-year option this year. They could put a franchise tag on him, but, you know, that doesn't go over well. Le'Veon Bell basically told the Jets you don't have enough money. $60 million is not going to cover it. We shall see. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I, I can't bet against them. I, you know what? I, and, uh... And his Canners also took him playoffs. They've lost, coming in today, lost two straight, five of the last seven, seven and 21 on the road, 23 and 30 overall. They're still February 8th trade deadline. Next week's the Olympics, February 8th. Courtney Lee, Kyla Quinn, Lance Thomas, all could be traded. I guess we'll see. Listen, then I'm making the playoffs. I hate to say it. Unbelievable. Yeah, I read some interesting stuff too about the how the there's an edge analytics and how that the Eagles early this year went for a fourth down against the Giants and that it was a play that actually enhanced their chances of winning. And he, he actually follows this data that shows, hey, you know, if I go for it on this play, could it lead to something? I mean, would it be a play that could put us, you know, in a... Edge Sports calls it the GWC, the game-winning chance. There's a, there's a model drawing on years of play-by-play data, churning it through hundreds of thousands of simulations, sometimes more, to determine the decision that most boosts a team's likelihood of winning. I'm telling you, it's, it's all out there. They said how it's mathematically defensible for a team on its first position of overtime to go for it on fourth and one at its own 10-yard line. Not that a coach facing public pressure to adhere to football norms ever would. But they said fourth downs are embedded with opportunity for those that want to exploit it. Said that on a fourth down alone, teams on average give up anywhere from two-thirds to three-quarters of a win over a season of what Edge classifies as high-confidence mistakes. That is decisions that Edge's model 
has deemed with certainty to be an error. The worst offenders might lose as much as a game and a half. How about that? And Patriots are not an edge sports client, which the Eagles are. Uh, they they queued up on a screen any of the company's post-game reports which allows the team to evaluate its decision-making. And they said during the New, New England's AFC Championship win over the uh, uh, Jaguars revealed that Bill Belichick, perhaps the best coach in history, committed four of those high-confidence error when he elected the punt instead of going for it. And according to the company, those mistakes confirm coaches' susceptibility to conservative thinking from a purely game theory standpoint. And they said that Eagles have not acted perfectly. They're, they're almost unblemished this season in a critical juncture such as two-point tries and fourth downs. Well, think about last year. That's another thing we were talking about with the Patriots. During the, they made two freaking two-point conversions in the comeback. That's unheard of. You're lucky if you do one a game. They did two. So they may talk about this year, the, the Patriots. But last year, when they needed to do it, they did it last year. And he talked also about the week 14 in Los Angeles. They were down 28-24 in the third quarter. Fourth and, two, fourth and goal to two. Instead of a field goal, they went for a touchdown. That call improved Philly's chances of winning by a whopping 7%, and the result helped the Eagles defeat Los Angeles. I guess we'll see what happens. But it's interesting that there's all this data out there to find, you know, that, hey, you know what, what if we go here what, and it improves the chances of winning? And a game, and a, ga- a game to a game and a half during the season. Jeremy Lin says he's going to come back stronger next season. Okay. The rehab's going smoothly. He will return as a faster, more explosive player as a result of a comprehensive conditioning program at uh, 40th Sports and Health near Vancouver. He wants to defy the trend. Most players, you know, don't come back. But he says, hey, okay, we'll see what happens. Right? And he said the Nets talk to the to forties all the time. He said he feels like a diva. You know, we'll see what happens. Now, this I thought was interesting. This is from Corey uh, Massasak in New York Post. Now that you know, we talk we talk about the Tom Brady's and the, you know he's got his own show on Facebook. How about a guy named Bernard Reedy? Been cut five times by NFL teams. Once a season by the Patriots is by uh, the Patriots' current employer. After they they try to win the Super Bowl Sunday, he will return home to St. Petersburg to work for Care Ride. It is a transportation service for people battling terminal illnesses and recovering from strokes, heart attacks, organ transplants, amputations, and serious accidents. The job pays Reedy $11 per hour. He says, as soon as our offseason officially starts, I'll be back at Care Ride when I'm able to. The work don't stop. Everybody still needs help. He went drafted after undrafted after college career at Toledo. Like thousands of others, he's continued to pursue his NFL dream. He was cut in 2014 by the Falcons, then placed in the practice squad. He was out of football in 2015 after being cut by the Falcons again. He landed a job at Care Ride. The Buccaneers cut him at the end of training camp in 2016, but added him to the practice squad. He made the team for the 2017 season and played in nine games for the Buccaneers. And the Bucs left the Tampa area to escape the path of Hurricane Irma. He stayed behind to help Care Ride. Now, Care Ride Operations Manager Vinny uh, Cox told ESPN, I know Bernard's hot heart. His mom's there. His sister's there with her little baby. 
His heart's in St. Pete, and when he had some time, he came to help us, and it was absolutely wonderful. Now, the Bucks eventually cut Reedy again, and he latched down with the Patriots. They've signed him, cut him, and signed him again already since mid-November. So they've signed him, cut him, and signed him again already since mid-November. But he's in the Super Bowl. He was gone from the team for two weeks, and during that time, Reedy went back to work for Care Ride, just like he will once the offseason begins. He said, that's just what comes with the NFL and what team needs teams need for them. My job is to stay ready, be respectful, be coachable, and be that positive person that I've always been. Like, I will always be ready, even though the ups and downs, being released, getting back on the roster, I'm still going to be the same old person regardless of what might happen. Dude, listen, that's a yo-yo. Now, acting, I've, you know, you go to every job, you don't know if you're working, there's no stability. But this guy just is like, hey, you know what, fuck it. Nothing's going to stop me. Unbelievable. You hear that kind of stuff, you're like, wow, pretty cool. And Mike Singletary says that uh, that his defense would definitely stop the Patriots' offense. It's always nice to, you know, talk about this stuff, you know, hey. If it could have happened, I don't know, you know. But we could talk about it, right? Oh, and I love Big Baller. He's been direct messaging, trying to get uh, recruits to uh, play on the junior basketball, so the JBA. Not going well so far. 0 for 21. Maybe meet face-to-face. <laughs> Slotted DMs into their Twitter accounts. Wait, not Instagram? Is it Instagram? Where, where, where's, he, where's he talking about? Yeah, good for you. Yeah, 0 for 21. Direct messaging them. Maybe meet them once. Yeah, that, that's all I need to talk on that. <sighs> oh, and Lou Williams, hey, he uh, the Clippers guard, two girlfriends. You know, he he goes. I hear about it every day, every single day. Most players do do that. More players do that than you know. I was just the first person to have it mentioned on a song. Well, he he quit with one girlfriend, but he's still dating another one. All right, all star snub. Hey, if you can do it, doesn't stress you out. Go for it. I did like what Harry Carson said, that some people want to chart their own path. It's about the two Bills and not follow a legend. He was a two-time coach of the Jets without coaching a game. And James Dolan could have been the Jets' owner. I was like, ugh. And Parcells actually called a game the first year, first year that Belichick's with the Browns, and he said, we have a chance to win the game. And Marv Albert said, we? And Parcells said, yeah, that was a faux pas on my part. And LC said, basically... Uh, he, basically, when Bill Belichick and Parcells left the Giants, he didn't have anybody to stay on top of him, basically, in his career. Pepper Johnson was hoping for a repeat. The curtain was closed. Big what if if Belichick would have taken over. Now, this was, he was the hot candidate, and then four months later, Parcells had to retire because of health reasons, and then he ends up becoming coach of the Patriots. Then he went to the Cowboys. I forget, yeah, and then he, the Cowboys, he had a pretty good team, but they didn't go. He had Tony Romo at the beginning. And they played only two down linemen versus uh, the Bills in in the Super Bowl. They said, don't worry about Thurman Thomas. Very physical to wide receivers. Shorting game, minimize time of possession. Slow the game down. And that's what that's what they, that's what they uh, LT said about them. That's what they even said. They were very prepared for big games, the two Bills. They were always prepared for the big games. So nothing, they weren't, they, it was just, they knew exactly what was going to come. And 
Parcells gave high praise the, at the end of Belichick. Said all you've done and all that. It was, it was, it was it's highly recommended. Belichick became the youngest head coach in the NFL. Yeah, I liked it. Curtis Martin called it, said sage wisdom for about Parcells and genius for Belichick because he played for both. No, no, I'm sorry. He played with Parcells at with the Patriots and then with the Jets. Never played for Belichick. Yeah. Let's keep playing. Oh, the Hall of Fame got in. They they let T.O. in. T.O.'s in. Erlacher. Uh, Lewis. Some good guys got in. Randy Moss. He's good, man. Oh, I thought this was interesting. Brady launched the ball of travel with 70 yards in the air. And the, I talked about this. Moss tracked by Corey Webster in safety. Uh, Jabril Wilson slowed down and reached up just as Webster did. The ball caromed off both players' fingertips. Moss told this to uh, to Stallworth. What's it, Dante Stallworth? Said, uh, I was tired, and still to this day, I still sit there and wonder what could have been, what could I have done different to be able to try and catch the ball? My specialty was going deep. Moss said that he had run more in that game than in any other during his career, and that it took him a few weeks to overcome the soreness. He said, I, and Star Wars said, I figure we had two of the best players to ever play the game, and if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be these two dudes. But even if Randy does catch the ball, we know how many timeouts left. If he gets tackled and bounds, the game's over. And Star Wars said he needed three weeks before he could bring himself to watch the highlights. When he finally did, he screamed an expletive in the airport in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, upon seeing Tyree's catch. He said, it's something you don't expect from either Eli or David Tyree. But that's what the Super Bowl does. One play can make you live in Super Bowl folklore for the rest of your life. Thanks, Ben Spiegel, New York Times. Yeah, it's crazy. Said sore for three weeks. Remember that? Yeah, and he called it that it was uh, the play of his life for Corey Webster. Hey, lost the fucking game, dude. That's all that matters. Right? In the end. I am not a fan of Kirk Cousins. I wish I could say I was. I'm just... Not feeling it. Yeah, the Knicks are the Knicks winning now. Knicks are. I know. I know. Uh, Gumbo Chef loves when I give score updates. Knicks up by three. All right, that's all we got left. Now I didn't watch. Oh, yeah, Ryan Shazier has movement in legs. He gained movement in his legs and is engaging in regular walking routine. That's awesome. I like seeing that. Hope he gets... I, I don't think he's going to play again, though. Lindsey Vaughn wins a record 81st win in World Cup downhill. Her workout routine, I read that in New York Times. Awesome. I think that's awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait for the Olympics. OBJ... Thank God North Carolina got the win last night. They've been playing like shit. <laughs> uh, Aaron Donald won the Defensive Player of the Year. I think that's awesome. Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Ray Lewis, and Brian Urlacher. Hall of Fame. Congrats.
Gurley got Offensive Player of the Year. Todd Gurley from the Rams. So you got the Rams got Offensive and Defensive. Saints cornerback Martian Lattimore won the AP Defensive Rookie of the Year. And Kamara, Alvin Kamara got the Offensive Rookie of the Year. So how about that? First sweep since 67. So same team. So you got the Rams. Rams got, and Rams got, Sean McVay got Coach of the Year. So you got the Rams got the Offensive, Defensive, Coach of the Year. You got the Saints sweeping the freaking Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year, which, oh, and I met a guy, one of the dads like, dads of the kids I coached yesterday he played high school freaking football at Newman Prep is that what it's called Newman Prep with freaking Eli Manning was his quarterback but he hurt his back his senior year didn't play he was going to play D3 in college that was his quarterback how about that guy's name Ricky and I got to talk to him more I'm like I got to get him on a podcast I have to I want to I want to talk to him if I have some time maybe he'll give me like 10-15 minutes CP3, Chris Paul tells Cavs to not take LeBron for granted after Cleveland lost to Rockets. What else the man need to do? I agree. They got their asses kicked last night, but what else do a man got to do? Rams, how about that? So, And Tom Brady, NFL MVP for third time. Oldest player ever to win it. 4,500 passing yards, 32 touchdowns, deserves it. U.S. women broke the world record in the 4 by 800 meter relay at the Middle of those games yesterday. I'll tell you, I freaking... I want to go to that. I want to go one year because I love that shit. I think it's awesome. I am excited for the Olympics. J.J. Watt wins Man of the Year, raised $37 million for hurricane relief. I'm all for that. And Daniel Cormier plans to return to light heavyweight and defend belt after bat with uh, Miocic. All right. Knicks lost on Friday night on a game-winning layup by the Greek Freak. And then Hardaway had a look for a three-pointer but missed it. Doesn't matter. That's one game, guys. Come on. Knicks are going to win some. You're going to lose some, right? All right. Picked, I picked my Super Bowl. I gave the stuff. I, 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 just, can't, I just can't pick against them. I think Brady's Brady's, too, Brady's Brady's Brady, man. Can't bet against them. Just, it's just too... It's just not something I think is going to be possible. I, I, I just see them messing up. And he's had two weeks of repair, Belichick. Two goddamn weeks of repair. See? Yeah. Oh, and Saturday Night Live sucked last night. Oh, my God. Was it shit? I saw two of the pieces went back to being shit. Even the Donald Trump piece at the beginning was just, it's, 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 it's getting tiresome. It's like enough. And Oscar Gamble, rest in peace, man. I love that afro. I loved it. You will be missed. Died of cancer. What, 68 years young? Okay. What team set a record in 2017 by giving up a TD to a tight end for 10 consecutive games? The New York Giants. At today's trivia question, a lot's changed. Only two NFL teams have gone winless in a season. Who are they? Only two NFL teams have gone winless in a season. Can you tell me the year and teams? Okay. Super Bowl today. Super Bowl 52. L-I-I, right? Four hours and 23 minutes to kick off. Knicks, can they hold on to win? We shall see. All right, folks. I'm, I'm actually doing a quick one tonight after the game, I think. I might have some notes. Knicks, let's see if they can hold on and win. Peace out. Talk to you soon.